I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer specializing in custom strategies, which we've got to have now because it is quite possible that the Federal Reserve is starting to lose control. And the dangers are definitely rising that this is true because there is a battle royale going on between Wall Street and the central banks, which I find to be really interesting. But that goes into also this article that Bill Gross, who founded PIMCO and was classified as the bond king for many, many years, wrote, uh, the real bond kings and queens sit on the Federal Reserve throne. Yeah, because they're the ones that dictate inflation. And, oh, I didn't take out it, but I can use this as a little reminder on how bonds work. This is interest rates, this is principal, this is when they're issued. The longer the maturity, the more volatility when interest rates move. So when interest rates go down, which <laughs> we've been in an environment for a long time where the Federal Reserve has pushed interest rates down over time. Wait, let me show you that, okay? Down over time, that's why you've heard everybody say it's been a 30-year bull market in bonds. What happens to the principal? It goes up. But when interest rates rise, the reverse is true and the principal goes down. Okay, so this is the long Fed funds rate, which you can see started out as a high and you know we're anchored at zero and this is when the crisis the financial crisis first hit anchored at zero attempted to rise and failed could not raise rates and so what you're looking at here is a negative trend and you know that it's a negative trend because there is clearly a series of high of lower and lower highs. And I guarantee you, can't give you a lot of guarantees, but I can guarantee you this. If you keep getting lower and lower highs, you will get lower lows. That's why you know, independent of what anybody says, you know it is a negative trend. We're gonna come back to this at the end, but this is a little technical lesson, easy peasy for anybody to understand. But what I also want to point out is the TYVIX, which is the Treasury Volatility Index. Because in this article that Bill Gross wrote that he's talking about, which I'll show you in a second, there's 2008, there's 2013. Okay, and by the way, this is no longer published right? Because they don't really want you to know. But what you're really looking at here is the transition from the 10-year treasury, which is the foundation of all of the markets, from being under the absolute control of the central banks, right? Just little dashes. For those that have been watching me for a while, you've seen this graph before. To once the crisis hit, more volatility instead of dashes like that. Now you got a little up and down until it was handed over to the traders. It's Wall Street that is controlling the most, well, arguably, the most important foundation 
of the global markets, which is supposed to be the 10-year treasury. And Bill says about that, 10-year treasuries morphed into the risk asset category several years ago. Here it is right here. This is when it morphed into the risk asset category. Now, does anybody talk about that? No, it's the safest thing that you can do. Yeah, because they can print the money to pay you what they owe you, which is why we have to hyperinflate because of all the debts that's on the books. They have to get rid of this debt. But you can see right here, morphed into the risk asset category several years ago. Stocks with valuations supported by low yields have entered the same category now, no matter the growth potential for 2021, 2022. It's like a spring. You hold your hand on a spring. So we were all shut in our houses for a very long time. When you remove your hand, the spring is going to shoot in a direction. But that does not hide the fact that the foundation of our global markets is dependent upon traders that really don't care about anything other than making a few bucks. And it does make you ask, has the Fed been dethroned? Are they no longer the kings and queens? Because, you know, they've certainly, pushing down those rates, they've certainly been taking on a lot more debt and a lot more garbage onto their lovely balance sheets. And look at there's lots and lots of zeros. There's more zeros than we can comprehend. This is just a little sample. There are more areas, but you have to, people say, well, can't they do this forever? The answer is no, because they're not gods. They're humans. And everything that they do has a consequence to it. Even if that consequence doesn't happen immediately. And remember too, they like distance between their policies and the consequences of those policies so that you don't blame them. And if you listen to Fed Chair Powell talk or any of them talk, they never own the responsibility of creating an everything bubble, except of course in gold and silver. There is no bubble there yet. There will be, but that's a long time. To, well, I don't know how long really when they reset, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the bottom line is, is all of this liquidity in the market is having consequences. And ultimately, none of this will end well for those that are sitting in fiat money products. And we know because of the rates have been so low that massive amounts of junk bonds, and this is those that are rated below triple B. We also know that the category they should be classified as junk bonds, but hey, thanks to the grading services like Moody's and S&P fudging things and, and, and allowing more leeway, this area is frankly a whole lot better, bigger than what you're seeing here. But this was just the start of 2021 and it outpaced every year going back to 2010. Shocker. Why? Because interest rates were going up. Here, this is 2021. This is the start. And we can see how much the 10-year bond, treasury bond interest rate has moved up. Now, it looks like it's just kind of hanging in this, in this area for the moment. 
but beware when it breaks out above. However, just going back to this, as interest rates rise, the principal value falls. You just need to really always just do that to remind yourself, this is not safe. I don't care what any talking head says, this is not safe. It is now under the control of the traders and Wall Street. And interestingly enough, U.S. junk bond market loses steams on mounting inflation fears. Now, interest rates and inflation, in theory, right, the central banks raise interest rates, which you saw are anchored at zero. They're not moving them. They're telling you they're not moving them. They're not, they're, they might be thinking about thinking about thinking. We'll see after the next FOMC meeting, the minutes meeting, but they might be thinking about thinking about thinking about raising rates, but they can't do it. There's too much debt that the government owns, that the corporations own. The households have been deleveraging a bit but government and businesses have been gorging on that. We've talked about it so much. And you know, when interest rates rise, principal value falls, that impacts everybody's balance sheet. So you gotta ask the question, is the party over? I think the party is over. I don't think it's obvious yet, but personally, I think the party's over. And they're talking about it being in an inflation regime. And I came across this really interesting graph. And remember, all of the links, all of the graphs, all of the images are on our blog. So I'm going to encourage you, particularly with this graph, to go in and study it. Because what you're looking at here is official inflation regimes or not, right? Up until between nine, and this goes all the way back to 1925. So of course, hmm, how come it started then? I'll tell you why. Because when we're on a gold and silver standard, the price of gold and silver would ebb and flow as wealth flowed and as a normal economy flowed. But once they started the fiat money experiment in 1913, then you had inflation because that's the way that fiat money was created and had inflation built into it. So now we have inflation regimes. These little dark red boxes are official recessions. So these big bars are the official inflation regime. We're going to create inflation. Now they just say it. And I find it quite interesting that because this is 2008, this should all be pink. It should all be pink. They've been lamenting, we cannot create inflation. So they went on their money fit printing to attempt to do that and it really didn't work. But this is year over year CPI. So that's the consumer price index. That's supposed to be reflective of prices. Of course, you know, they modify it, take out food, take out energy, do this, you know, hedonics. If people can't afford steak, they'll eat hot dogs and all of this stuff. So, so understand that what you're seeing is kind of, convoluted, but even so, after an official regime, you have a recession. And the reality is, even if they aren't showing it, I mean, we all know, what do the central banks keep telling us? We need more inflation. We've been on an inflation regime. 
probably, well, I can't say the longest one in history because actually it's we've been in an inflation regime since 1913 when you stop and think about the fact that inflation was built into the currency. But now it has gone into a hyperinflation regime. And that's what this is, a hyperinflation regime. They will get it. They will get it in spades. We may be experiencing the start of it now. We can all see the prices. And yet, and yet, I found this super interesting, which is why I put this in here. This is the monetary velocity chart, and this goes back to the 90s. So what they're saying is that inflation volatility, big spikes in inflation of, let's see, these glasses, 4.8% happened prior to 1989. In the 90s, which is when we also hit peak monetary velocity, since then, it's only at one3 3%. Now, is this because the central banks have tamed inflation? No, not at all. If you look at your personal experience, you know darn well that you have, that your, your inflation rate is well more than 1.3%. According to shadow stats, it's closer to 10% a year. And do, do the prices go up and down like this? No, they just go up and they typically stay up until it's a product that nobody wants. But the system and with technology, it has also been pushing deflation, prices going down. So there's only one way, only one, not a thousand, not two, not five, one way to fight it deflation, and that is with inflation. And in theory, if the central banks raise interest rates, then that blocks inflation. And the reason why they say that, and the reason why that theory is there, is because if they want slower inflation, they raise rates, fewer people borrow money, and therefore spend money. So in theory, that slows the inflation rate. But just like 1925, 1913 to 1933, that was the kickoff to this big fiat money experiment. Now we're at the end. We are totally at the end, and I'm going to show you that right now. And monetary velocity is also what indicates if people feel confident in their future. If I know I'm having a good month, a good year, a good week, whatever, and I, and I believe that it's going to happen again and again and again next week, next month, next year, then I'm more likely to, to take on more debt and spend more money. If I'm not, then I'm going to save. And we know that the savings rate is 27.3% officially. People aren't as confident as they want you to believe that they are. I'm not saying there isn't pent-up demand. I'm talking about confidence because this is all, this is a con game. Every con game requires confidence. And this, I know I've shown you this so many times. This is the official purchasing power of the consumer dollar. Now you can lop off a couple of zeros and basically there's your $1. But on this graph, if you go into the Federal Reserve website, you also see that there is a big fat zero on this graph because they know that they're destroying the purchasing power. And this is their choice. And I know, let me go back a little bit. 
here it looks, well, that's not so bad because it's kind of leveling off. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. This is the most current piece. And you can see, does that look level to you? No, it's just relatively speaking because there's so little purchasing power left inside of the dollar. It's all, it only has any purchasing power at all because you still have confidence in it. Can they shift into the new system and get you to believe that that's the reset? Can they shift us to a digital dollar? And you think, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe that wasn't so bad because we shifted into a new regime and nothing happened. No, no, no. And we don't know what's going to happen by the time 2023 gets here when they're planning on be having the ability to shift us into the digital dollar either. So a lot can happen between now and then, but globally on average, three resets before we get to the real currency. And you know how you and I are going to know we're at the real currency? Because they're going to be touting that it's backed by good money gold. It's going to have a component of gold in it because they know that's the only way we're going to trust it again. And even for those people that say, you know, gold hasn't been part of the currency for a long time. Yeah. And you see what you get with that. And people will remember because gold is still in our vernacular. Good as gold. The goose that lays the golden egg. Even, even the cryptocurrencies are digital gold. No physical gold, even these contracts, the spot contracts, which we'll look at in just a second, that's not real gold or real silver. That is a contract of which they can make an unlimited amount and are quaking in their boots because of what's supposed to happen with Basel III the end of the month. We're going to talk about that on Thursday. But I'm really hoping that you can see and that you share this, follow the links, take your, take those that you love, that you want them to understand what's happening. Take them to the federal reserve website. I give you all the links. Officially we're going to zero in purchasing power. They admit it. They openly admit it. So there's something else that's also happening the end of this month. And that is the rent moratorium, the rent eviction moratorium, I should say. That ends on June 30th. Now, in order to qualify, there were a few other things that needed to happen. But in order to qualify, you would not expect to earn more than 99000 in 2021. Wait, we're still in 2021. Oh, oh. But I don't expect to. As a single wage earner, or 198,000 if you are married and filed a joint tax return. Does this not tell you that inflation is here? And we know that the stimulus check, 75,000, 150,000. And when they send out all these checks, they do all of this. This is taxpayer money. It's not really free. But at the end of this month, millions of Americans may be evicted. It expires June 30th. They, they, uh, they conclude that 15% of all renters are behind on their rent. But the states still have rental assistance funds that have not yet been distributed. And that would bail out the landlords as well as the renters. Let's just, we should just bail everybody out. What are we going to worry about? 
Don't worry, be happy. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. More than 100,000 tenants aged. Here's where we're getting into some really tricky areas, especially. So, and especially since we know the retirement, uh, the crisis that is already underway. So more than 100,000 tenants aged 65 and above could also be evicted in the next two months with nearly 450,000 renters aged 55 to 64 facing the same fate according to a recent analysis. Well, look what's happened to rent just since COVID hit. Hmm. So I'm wondering if they can't afford where they're living right now, all of those people, how are they going to afford new places to live? They're going to go out and buy? I don't think so. They're going to go out and rent? I don't know. If you're a landlord, are you going to rent to somebody that couldn't pay their, their rent for over a year? And especially, you know, do they have jobs? Are those that are 65 and older or even, even 55 if you've lost your job? How easy is it? I mean, we see that employers are hungry for job seekers. And, and actually, I have a job open in my organization that I'm having trouble filling. Fortunately, it's something that I can do myself, so it's not really that big of a deal to me. But, you know, where are all these people? And what are they going to do to pay their rent? And that is all about inflating the currency away because if you haven't noticed we are absolutely in transition no doubt about it the system the economy society and the financial systems are all shifting i consider this to be perfectly honest with you i consider the manipulation and the control of the spot markets a gift because there is one, I mean, I know, just based upon history, based upon fundamental value, the value of both gold and silver is substantially higher than it is. We know that we're having a squeeze, especially we know in silver, right? But yeah, 28 bucks an ounce, woohoo, it's ridiculous. Take advantage of it while you can because we don't have unlimited time. They could do anything they want with these spot markets. And by the way, spot prices, just as a technician, are sitting at resistance. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But at some point, all of this debt, so that's those contracts, all of this debt must be reset. And what do they do it against? They do it against gold. That's what they do it against. Physical silver and physical gold outside of the system are the true and ultimate safe harbor assets. That's why central banks buy gold. They know they're destroying the currency. They know it. 
They just want to stay in control at the end of this and give you even fewer choices. Make your choice now while you still can. So this morning I did a live event with Chris Rice and Pimpy. And it was really, I mean, I do really enjoy doing those round tables. Do you have the information on it? Um, yes. So <laughs> sorry about that. And that was out live this morning. Do we have the link? Yes, it's already out. Okay, so it's already out, and it's it's and we it was a lot of fun. Those guys, I I do enjoy them a lot, uh, and it was kind of interesting. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about uh, what Pimpy, what we were talking about, but particularly Pimpy. But watch it. I think you'll find it quite interest interesting. And next Tuesday, I'm on with Daniela again over at Stansberry Research. So, and that was right the first time we did it. So I'm really excited to, to get with her again because these days so much changes in such a little time. But I want you to remember a hundred bazillion percent, it is time to cover your assets. And here at ITM Trading, we use the Wealth Shield. The foundation of the Wealth Shield is physical gold and physical silver outside of the system truly decentralized, truly invisible, and more important today than it has ever, ever, ever been. So tomorrow I'll be with Eric. I'm, I am will be doing the Q&A. And then on Thursday, I'm going to be talking about Basel III. I really wanted to get to it last week, but I'm sorry, I just couldn't. But I will for sure, if, no matter what. Thursday, that's the discussion. So until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.